and welcome to that tech pod where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Gabby Schulte, and I don't know that much about technology, but I want to learn. And I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. That's why each week we're bringing the heavy hitters to us to help us break down these topics. So today, Laura, who are we talking to? Today we're talking to Mike Cordoraro. Mike is the president of ACEDS, the Association of Certified E-Discovery Specialists. ACEDS provides training and certifications in e-discovery and professional development courses to corporate legal departments, law firms, and the broader legal community. With 1,400 SED certified professionals and 2,500 members active in 22 chapters globally, ACEDS truly is the gold standard in e-discovery training, which happens to be what we want to discuss today. With that said, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so before we dive into all of the e-discovery weeds there, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your organization, and how you kind of found yourself into this uh, e-discovery industry? Oh, my. Do you have time? Um, how do I start? I began my legal career. We have, we have uh, uh, five minutes. Go. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's fine. Uh, began my legal career uh, 25 plus years ago. I was a paralegal. I started but did not finish law school. I spent about 10 years working at Skadden. Um, and right around the turn of the century, when everybody's worried about Y2K, um, I pivoted from from legal to to technology and frankly, never looked back. Um, I wound up managing some of the firm's bigger sort of technology projects involved in, you know, class action securities litigation. This is like the the, the birth of e-discovery right? R- very early on. Uh, I left Skadden in 2008. 2008 to run a litigation support department at a firm called Strook and Strook and Levan in New York. And uh, spent about 10 years there building a department. I, in 2016, I wrote a book called Project Management and Electronic Discovery. And on the heels of that, I left the firm, started a consulting practice, did that for a couple of years. And then I was recruited by the leadership at Barbary, which owns uh, ASETS. And so I've been doing this almost two years now. Um, realized I've been an educator my entire career, always teaching lawyers and paralegals and others things to do. And so this was just a natural fit for me to run an educational association. So here we are. Here we are. Um, I'm really curious, what was it about tech um, that like made you be like, yes, this is it. I don't want to look behind. I don't want to try to keep on pursuing law. This is what I want to do right now. So it's really pretty well defined. I, at the time in the late nineties, I was working on these big class action securities litigations that can involve many different clients. Um, the, the one that's coming to mind was about 45 different law firms representing the interests of everyone in the financial industry. Um, and, you know, so where there's, there's complaints, there's counterclaims, there's discovery, there's all these nutty things going on all at one time. And, you know, managing that is a bit of a logistical nightmare. So it became pretty clear to me, I I was always quite fond of computers. It became clear to me that there had to be a better way than doing this, like in 
paper folders on in, in red welds and file cabinets. And so one of the first things I did actually that was technology oriented was built a database that had all the parties, all the courts, all the um, all the document requests, all the significant pieces of data that you needed to manage a litigation, a big scale litigation. I built an access database, Microsoft access database to manage that. And right, even down to doing like a mailing, like it used to spit out um, the mailing labels to get service to everybody in the case, you know, 45 different law firms, the courts, everything. And so that was really when I realized that, you know, I could figure out a way to do things a little bit more efficiently rather than having, you know, everything done on paper in a sort of manual way. And that, that was the turning point for me. And it was right around the time too, that we started looking at electronic documents as a source of discoverable information in litigation. And so coinciding with my grand idea was the notion that, you know, we should start scanning and OCRing and using search tools and uh, to collect electronic documents. And um, so it, it just, in many ways, it just kind of got away from me, but in other ways, I embraced it fully and um, frankly wound up teaching the rest of the firm how to do this stuff. I love that. So, so Mike, I love e-discovery. I mean, I love tech in general, but I think uh, e-discovery is truly where the my heart is is starting at. And I, I try to always escape it and go to cyber data privacy, but somehow I end up being like, ooh, let's talk e-discovery again. And uh, I'm on her back. I do. It really does. <laughs> and so I was really excited to have you on because you are kind of a celebrity in e-discovery. I don't know if you know this, but um, we're big fans because it's, it is exciting. And it is one of those things where you kind of look to who to go to in this field. And it's hard with so many different vendors out there not knowing who to trust and so many different platforms. And when you look at, a, at an organization like ASEDS, it's it's something a little bit more unique and a little bit different. And when, uh, when I was in school, there was no e-discovery. You know, you couldn't major in e-discovery. And you look at uh, cybersecurity, for example, there are trainings and there are courses where you can be like, oh, I want to be a CISP or, you know, any of those type of certifications. And when you look at e-discovery, it tends to be, oh, I want to be trained in this platform. And I don't think there's enough knowledge and enough awareness about where to get trained in e-discovery and how how to do that, how to know what certification that you want, what training is needed. So can you tell us more about that? Tell us more, you know, what trainings are you guys doing? Where is the training? Is it different if I'm in Canada or I'm in the U.S. or I'm in, I don't know, mainland China? Let's get a little weird. What does that look like? How does one do that? And um, you know, why would one do that? So I think it's helpful to actually look at the history, right? In the early days of e-discovery, when I, when you know, the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, there, there were no standards. It was just kind of the wild west. It was do whatever you want, and you know, hopefully nobody complains and the court doesn't get annoyed, right? Um, if you if you look at the sort of timeline of things, you know, it was around 2003 or four that George Sosha, Tom Gelbman, the EDRM started thinking about putting a model in place for how this process that we called e-discovery would move forward. And that model has stood the test of time. It is sort of the household name for uh, for not just workflows, but also product development and even service delivery, right? Um, Fast forward, fast forward a few years beyond that, 
and it's 2010 and a whole bunch of lawyers and service providers uh, gather in Miami and say, hey, there should be some more strict standard standardized processes around how we handle e-discovery. And that's really the think tank that um, birthed ACEDS, right? Um, a, about 40 people got together. They wrote a book about standardized processes. They developed learning objectives and built an exam around it. And so they began training and certifying people 10 years ago in e-discovery. And of course it's matured over time. The, the, the program, our flagship program is our said certification, certified e-discovery specialist certification, which tests your knowledge of the different phases of e-discovery from information governance right through production. And that's really what we're testing on. That's what we're teaching on. Um, we offer some other training too, because we realize that the exam is hard. Uh, if anyone's ever taken a standardized test, like you know the LSAT or the bar exam, they know those tests are hard. Uh, this test is hard. It is designed in a similar way. Um, it's what, what is called a, a psychometrically sound credential. Um, we have data science scientists at Barbary that vet the exam. We refresh it from time to time. We update it. Uh, but we realize that it's hard. And um, there's a reason we give people a year to study for it because it's difficult. Uh, but we offer other foundational courses as well. They're not certifications. They're more uh, what we call a certificate-based program in e-discovery technology, for instance, exposing people to different technologies so that they can understand what the tools in the space are. Um, and we have our e-discovery executive certificate program, which is a foundational course that, uh, you know, like sales folks coming into e-discovery take so they understand the space better. The certification, however, is a notch above. It is more difficult. It is a true psychometrically sound certification. So, I don't know if that answers your question because your question was about five minutes ago and I talked too much. Well, I'm just kind of curious if you think that Gabby and I would be able to pass the exam if we took it right now. Like if all of a sudden this turned into the exam live on that tech pod, <laughs> do you think we'd pass it? I'm careful what you say here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest and say no. Uh, well, Gabby, we just yeah, failed. I, the but I say, that, I say that not knowing, <laughs> not knowing the depth of your experience in e-discovery, right? Gabby would pass um, yeah. for sure. I, Gabby for sure. I feel really confident that I would yeah. pass. Yeah, Gabby the, would pass. The, the, the test is designed and, and we require you to meet certain education, training mm. or work experience, um, you know, milestones before you are awarded the certification. So, right, and again, right. it's not everybody we found in the space sort of covers the, the whole spectrum of e-discovery. Yeah. A lot mm -hmm. of people will work on doc review or processing or collection or the information governance piece, but not everybody's touching everything. Right. And so it's a pretty broad swath of information. And unless you're working in that space and, and covering or touching each of the sort of phases of e-discovery, it's, difficult to know it all. Um, so, 
So, Mike, just to, just to follow up on that a little bit. So would you say that you see more like lawyers that went to law school, don't have a tech background, but are now realizing they need to use e-discovery more? Do you see more of them coming and saying, hey, ASEDS, I need to get certified? Or do you see more of vendors and people on the actual tech side saying I need to get certified? Or at this point, is it kind of, you know, even? So of our 2,500 members, um, and I should qualify that by saying about 1,500 are certified, about 20% are lawyers. The other big buckets are law firm, uh, corporate, and of course, service provider. And so there we're talking about, I mean, there's also lawyers in there, but um, I think the largest swath of people, if you will, are probably what we would call, you know, a certified e-discovery specialist, a, a, a someone who's not an attorney, who's providing services, whether it's at a law firm, in a corporate legal department, or at a service provider. Yeah. And no, that's, that's interesting because when, so we've talked to both people on both the legal side and both on the, you know, more tech side of e-discovery. And the thing that lawyers sometimes have trouble with is keeping up with the technology and then so that's it's interesting that you have that that's something that they can do um but i'm curious to know you know we've we've talked to people and asked them like what are some challenges that um you're facing in your industry in this case e-discovery but um I'm curious to know, like, what on the training side are some challenges? What are, um, you know, maybe even during this past year, you know, given there's, you know, the pandemic or on the flip side of that, has there been some opportunities that have arisen that you wouldn't that maybe surprised you a little bit? So it's always been a challenge. Uh, Even in my law firm days, it was always a challenge to get training dollars. Right. Um, because standing up an exam and a training program like we offer is, is not free. And it's, I don't want to say it's not cheap. I think it's reasonably priced with other certifications across the industry. Um, so one of the challenges has always been training dollars, right? Law firms, uh, private organizations, the government, they're, they're always looking, you know, for less expensive ways to do things. And, and in the same ways that that is a challenge, the pandemic actually created opportunity because if you're going to be an online education provider, what better time, right? So while I, it's difficult to say whether we were able, able to sort of capitalize on the pandemic, uh, you know, we, we we're still in business, Um, (laughs) we're growing. Um, we didn't see any sort of record growth or anything like that, but, uh, you know, we, we've held our own through the pandemic and the, the pivot to online, uh, testing was actually, uh, a little bit of a challenge for us, but we were able to do it. And, um, you've probably heard horror stories about online bar exams and stuff like that, but Mm, uh, not quite as significant as that, but, um, you know, a, a proctored exam delivered online uh, via, you know, a Zoom, effectively a Zoom chat where someone's watching everything you do while you answer <laughs> questions is, is you know, uh, it, it's got its challenges. Uh, so all in all, I say it's it's it cuts both ways to answer your question. We there's always challenges around convincing people more training is appropriate, right. um, and then you know the challenges of the 
of the COVID-19 uh, debacle has, uh, as I think, you know, touched everybody in ways that are both good and bad. Yeah. And I, I would imagine, you know, if somebody is, you know, during the pandemic, if people have the time and the means to do something online, um, it might have, you know, been like, okay, I have nothing. Well, not that I have nothing else to do, but, you know, there's some free time that's, that's opened up on the schedule there. So maybe if someone was putting it off or just didn't really know about it and then they found out about it, that, you know, provided um, an opportunity that they wouldn't have otherwise if they were kind of, you know, having to do full-time jobs and everything. You look so stressed right now, Gabby. Like, I feel like Me? you actually think you're about to take the ACEDS exam right now. Is this now. not what we're doing? I was I'm just like, you are stressed. I can, and I I can guess... pull up some practice questions if you like. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right, Gabby. <laughs> I, I think there was a more increased opportunity for folks. And, you know, one of the things I really tried to do you know, in recognition of, you know, it was a difficult year for a lot of people. Uh, many people found themselves out of work pretty quickly. You know how markets turn when when there's bad news. And so we tried to, you know, not make um, the ASEDS training and certification inaccessible. And so we started offering hardship scholarships. And, you know, for anyone who's unemployed, we opened up a resource center to try to help people get to resources they would not have otherwise had access to. And so we tried to do our part um, to just make it, you know, more palatable for folks. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I think that's great. I really love what you guys are doing because, uh, again, I, I think there isn't enough actually out there in specialty programs. I mean, think about you ha- you can go to a, a class to, to become a hairstylist. You can go to or a school. You can go to a school to do HVAC. But cyber security, e-discovery, data privacy are such like niche areas that there is no e-discovery school. And so truly having that training. And I love that you guys also throw different networking events because I think that really kind of helps to bring the community get together and help people to meet at those events. So um, I guess I I just want to ask one sort of last question, um, and it's a two-parter. So one, I'd like to hear a little bit about the book that you wrote and um, wonder when, you know, Gabby and I are going to get that signed copy, just throwing that out there. we're fans. I don't know if I mentioned it. Um, and then uh, the second part is sort of, you know, when we're looking at the future of e-discovery, obviously education isn't going anywhere, and or I hope not, at least. Um, and so you are in a role and in a position where, as the president of ASED, you have to be more informed than everybody else when it comes to e-discovery. You have to know what's going on, what are the trends, what's the good tech, what do people need to know, at least I would assume to, to an extent. So can you kind of tell us your thoughts on, you know, maybe the next year to five years to 10 years, you can you can choose the length, but sort of where you see the trends of e-discovery and e-discovery training actually in the next 2.5 years specific. Just kidding. You choose the length. That's awesome. Well, I mean, let's let's start with the book. So it's 2013. I'm teaching at a small online university uh, from my living room, right? I was on Zoom before anybody in the world. I was literally teaching on Zoom in 2012, 2013. How, how was it back then? Um, pretty much the same with huh. a, lot, a lot less security. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so no Zoom bombing. Um, 
And uh, I, I helped develop a curriculum that really introduced project management to e-discovery. And prior to that, we had just been cobbling together articles on project management and articles on e-discovery and like presenting that to the class as a textbook. And at some point, the the university board came to me and said, look, you have nothing better to do. Why don't you write a book about this and we'll we'll publish it and we'll put it. Well, um, turns out I had some better things to do. So fast forward three years, uh, I pretty much took everything I'd learned over my career and just wrote a book that really just follows the EDRM, to be honest with you. And what I think are the, you know, the handful of things you need to get right in each. And then I originally had the project management chapters at the end, the idea being that you need to know e-discovery before you apply project management. And um, just through the editing process and uh, everything I went through to, to get the book done, uh, we wound up putting the project management stuff up front. <laughs> so you had the project management foundation, then you figured out how to apply it to, um, to e-discovery. Uh, so that came out in 2016, the first edition. I am feverishly heading uh, towards the deadline on a second edition, believe it or not, with some new content, some nice. new material. Um, and I will somehow figure out how to get you copies. I don't know <laughs> if I want to sign them until someone reads it. But <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, um, we, can, we can make that happen. So, so that's the, the origin of the book. It was originally written for students, and it just really kind of took off in in the the industry in general um there are several schools that use it as a textbook but it was uh, and it was originally that was the intent um but others in the industry just went nuts and started buying it um and in fact at aceds i am designing a project management in electronic discovery course that will hopefully debut sometime next year um and that'll be our our newest offering um so Time to your up. second question <laughs> sorry did i did you have another no, no, question? No, I just said sign us up. No, yeah, Gabby was just excited to pass. Very that excited exam. about. It. I, I just really want to start prepping. Prove everyone wrong here. Yeah, she's going to start prepping now. You should. Um, to your second question about where is this all going, um, I I am hesitant to make predictions in an industry that is constantly changing, where one minute a company exists and the next minute it's owned by somebody else where the, the, the lifespan of technology is probably two and a half, three years before something new comes up. Um, but, I, but I will say this, and it's just sort of a consistent theme of mine. I think that the industry is moving more towards automating a lot of tasks and whether that involves things like machine learning or artificial intelligence, um, you, you could debate that point, uh, but I think that automating some of these tasks that, you know, in the early 2000s, everything was was very manual. You you scanned something into a into a platform and then someone else came in and coded it and then someone else came in and looked at it. And then some you, sometimes you had to take it back out of that platform to produce it to another party. You know, so I see more end-to-end -end solutions. I see more automation along the processes. You know, you've, you've got like DIY e-discovery tools now where all you just, just point it at a Windows directory and it sucks the documents in and starts spitting them out the other side after someone look at them. Um, so I see a lot more of that coming. And um, 
and just the advancements in, in technology, the use of machine learning and analytics to get to the more important information more quickly. Um, and what some of my friends at, at some law schools like to say is really just tell your story with the data. That's that's really what it's about. At the end of the day, if you're a lawyer, you're interested in what information do I have and how do I present my client's case? Right. How do I get to the data most quickly and, and make sure it's the relevant data? Right. You want to get rid of the junk and, and get to the meat. And so that, that's sort of my lazy prediction for the future. <laughs> well, Mike, this has been an awesome conversation. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us and hang out with us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Laura, we just talked to Mike Quartararo. I think I did that correct. Yeah, you did. Uh, what were your tech takeaways? I think it's it's really an interesting thing. I don't think people give enough credit to organizations like ACEDS and, and mostly because I don't think people are aware as much. You know, I think main people that have been in e-discovery for a long time know ACEDS, but they don't even necessarily know what is ACEDS as an organization. They just sort of know the name. And I think mm-hmm. people that are getting into e-discovery and are new to it don't really know and, and haven't really had the opportunity to dive into those trainings and those certifications. So I think what they're doing is really great. Obviously, I support any sort of education and I and I love the fact that e-discovery being so new is and yet not new anymore, I guess, uh, but kind of having that. And I wonder what future certifications they're going to do, if they're going to be like now ACEDS AI trainings or, you know, right. how they'll expand. Because with all the e-discovery people we've talked to, a common theme is that the technology is always advancing. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and especially I'm thinking about Kevin recently when we were talking, you know, he wants the, there, he even sees a lot of holes right now in the technology and mm-hmm. we want that to kind of be filled, um, within the next couple of years. And so what does that mean for the training? Um, how do you get certified? And then also, it seems very useful to also be um, uh, also to learn about all different fields within e-discovery that, you know, maybe is outside of your comfort zone. So like Mike was yeah. saying, you know, there's so much in e-discovery that to, to know about. There's so much. And, and I don't think that people realize how many different things go into e-discovery. They're just thinking, oh yeah, electronic discovery. What does that mean? And so I love how they're doing it. And I love that they have different chapters. So if you live in Chicago and you want to do it, you can meet other people in that chapter and and help network because it's great to to really do that. Yeah. I mean, e-discovery is really all about relationships, not just technology. And I, and I love that they're doing that. I love that it's global because there's so many different areas and so many different places that, it, you know, I think it's just, I love it. 
<laughs> well, you said at the top of the show that you love e-discovery so I much. do. I do. I'll admit it. I love it. And I you think my e-discovery queen. He's great. Yeah. I you better get that book, yeah. Mike. I mean, you better well, get Let's get that book, Mike, cuz if I'm going to stay the queen of e-discovery, I really need to get up my book. knowledge game. I need the and book. I need to study for my test if I'm going to pass. I would do anything. <laughs> just see you just like impromptu take an e-discovery test. I love that. Just ace it. Anyone who's listening, vote if you think Gabby will pass the ACEDS exam. We need to know your thoughts. Email us at thattechpod at gmail.com and let us know if you think Gabby's going to pass the ACEDS exam. And if you want to take it, yeah, if you want to take the ASEDS exam, if you want any more information on ASEDS, on Mike, on eDiscovery, on anything tech related or not, maybe you just want, you know, to ask us some questions, feel free to reach out to us again at thattechpod at gmail.com. Go over to our website, www.thattechpod.com. Cruise on over to our LinkedIn. I think we're building a following there and, you know, we're getting somewhere. Maybe even check out our Twitter and be our fifth follower if we have four. I don't know. And it'll we be definitely exciting. have like 10 or 11. What? Yeah, hey, it's you heard it here first. It's growing. We are growing on Twitter. On Twitter. Um, uh, another way that you could help us out that's completely free is just go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast and write us a review and give us five star ratings. It really helps out the algorithm. It helps people find us if they're kind of searching for tech podcasts or they follow other tech podcasts, we might pop up and if they browse for something new to listen to. So that will be super helpful and we will appreciate it so much. Yes, thank you. And don't forget to go to our website, scroll to the bottom of any page, and uh, subscribe to us so you don't miss out on any of the new and exciting things that we may one day do. 